Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. No matter where you are on that journey, you might be starting out, you might be mid-season, you might be coming back to the arts after some time away. Doesn't matter. This is the podcast for you. And in it, we talk about so many different things related to a life in the arts. If you go back to previous episodes, you'll hear topics like um, time management, success, rejection, criticism, all of those things being discussed. And actually, what I realised a long time ago was this podcast is really not just about creativity. It's about life because all the things that we talk about in this show, we also took four episodes about money and, you know, managing your money. All these things relate to life. So really, this is a podcast about life through the lens of creativity. But like I say, no matter where you are on that journey, this is a podcast for you. So let's dive in. Before I get started, as always, a massive shout out and thank you to everyone that supports the podcast, either via Patreon or on Acast. If you leave comments, reviews, anything like that, thank you, because it all all contributes. Because if you're sharing it and telling people about the podcast, that's helping to get more listeners. And if you're contributing financially, that's helping to uh, get the show on the internet, I suppose. That's where podcasts live now, isn't it? Not on the air, on the internet. But anyway, however you're contributing to the show, thank you. Hi, I'm Kalechi Okafor and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. 
All right, so let's get started. So this week, the conversation is about teams. You may have seen ages ago that I was asking for your comments and questions about teams. Well, I finally got around to uh, recording those episodes. I think it's going to be two, but like, as always, who knows? We'll find out. So what do I mean by teams? Well, I, I suppose broadly, I'm talking about the people that are working with and around you, supporting your creative goals, your creative career. Those people might be working with you in an exclusive capacity, i.e. you've employed them, or they might be just people you hired for certain services. They may be people where there's not a, a sort of an official financial exchange going on, but that they're on your side, they're with you. I think we can be quite fast and loose with the phrase team so that it doesn't have to be limited to um, where there's a contractual agreement between you and another person or another company or entity. They could be making a contribution to your career and your creativity on a creative level. Um, logistics, they could be uh, working on the business side, operation. Like, there's so many different ways that a, um, a team, your team can contribute to you. But before we get into it, let's have a little bit of bite-sized advice from Kylie Dunbar. The most joyful, happy experiences in my working life have come out of moments where Either I've said or somebody said to me, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And they come up with an idea or we share a plan and we can get really excited about it together and share the load. And um, I think it's it's exhausting to try and carry your career all by yourself. I don't know anybody who's actually done that. We're all collaborative um, and networked in uh, lots of different ways. So let somebody else um, share with you in something small, something big, make better, bigger magic together than you could just grafting away in secret and alone. Sharing is really hard, um, but find somebody that you admire and tell them, tell them. Doesn't that sound like the advice of a romance author? <laughs> but tell somebody you admire them and you want to work with them and uh, see what happens. You'll be surprised how often people say yes. That was Kylie Dunbar, six times novelist of award nominated titles like Matchmaking at Port Willow, um, which I think is her latest book and uh, One Summer Night and Borrow Bookshop Holiday. And she writes romantic comedies. So that's why she was referencing, uh, you know, that was that's the advice of a romance author. She's also a doctor. PhD, if you don't mind. Um, but I love what she was saying. I, the reason that I wanted to share her advice um, so early on in the app is because she really encapsulates a lot of the things that uh, I think are important about having team, having people around you. Because, you know, working as a creative, certainly there's some creative disciplines that are very solitary, like writing. But as Kylie said, there's very few people that have really made it on their own. No matter how solitary your experience may feel, there's always somebody making a contribution to you, be it like a friend giving advice or, you know, a fellow writer who is kind enough to have a look at a, an early draft or something like that. We never do. Um, we never work completely in isolation. But let's talk about some of the reasons why having a team, be it an official contractually obliged one or like a, uh, a just a, like an unofficial, casual, uh, flexible um, arrangement, why it's so important. 
Well, as Kylie said, you know, creation is a collaboration at its best. You know, I I remember um, being commissioned to write um, a, a pilot episode of something and it was the first time I'd ever written with somebody else and they assigned the person. I didn't find them. They assigned somebody to work with me on this. And thank God we got on really well. And it was such a brilliant experience of like generating ideas together finding um, a way that we could work together. So we were writing a screenplay. So he would write certain scenes or certain characters and then I would write other characters and then we would switch, give notes, make edits on what the other person had done. And it was such a really um, easy flowing relationship. We used to meet in the South Bank and, you know, have our laptops out. South Bank is like in the National uh, National Theatre. It's one of the few places you can go. We don't have to buy a cup of tea to just be in there. It's brilliant. Uh, so we'd meet there, we'd, we'd write and, um, you know, that's how we created a script. And it was one of my favourite writing experiences was collaborating. I've also collaborated other times with people and it's worked really well. When, when, when it's a good relationship, like a good creative relationship where you feel free to say the dumb idea and not have it get shot down or feel stupid for, for saying it, then it's brilliant. So I would always recommend having like creative collaborations where you can, even if, if even if it's just as an exercise, you know, even if what you do normally is solo, just collaborating, just to have the experience of the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. You know, it's it's a really sort of magical, I would say, actually magical experience. And and that's that's another point I wanted to make about um, why team is important, is that the whole often is greater than the sum of the parts. Like when you put the creative know how and talent of a group of creative people together, it becomes more than just the sum of their individual parts. It You you create that's how magic's created creatively. You know, you. I was watching the Janet Jackson documentary and just like what comes to mind is her in the studio when she was collaborating with her husband and she felt, found these two producers when she decided that her, she didn't want her dad to be producing her work anymore. And it was that choice to collaborate with different people that created the Control album um, and uh, Rhythm Nation. Rhythm Nation to me is a masterpiece. I listened to that album so many times on tape. <laughs> playing the tape over and over and over again. I love that album. That was a result of collaboration. Also, um, having a team leaves you free to focus on just one part of the whole process. For example, if you think about filmmaking, it is possible to have a write the theme tune, sing the theme tune type of relationship with filmmaking in the sense that you can do loads of stuff. But it means that you're spread more and more thinly across, you know, several disciplines. I'm just using filmmaking as an example of where, you know, it really truly is a collaborative medium, but it's very easy, especially at the low budget end of things or micro budget end of things to take on too much as the, as the creator of the idea. If you collaborate, if you get like-minded people to be in your team, then that leaves you free to focus on the one thing that you really want to focus on, which is maybe the directing, or maybe you're, you wrote it, or maybe you're an actor and you just wanted to create a vehicle for yourself, but now you've ended up doing everything else. You're producing it. You're trying to raise money. You're trying to hire folks. You're, you know, if you can get a team behind you that's on board with the creative vision, then that leaves you free to focus on just the one part that you, you know, really chimes with you. 
And also having a team gives you the relief of not needing to know everything and do everything. Like when it's just you on your own, you literally have to know everything. You have to do everything. Having a team just, um, what's the word? Um, disseminates? I don't know. Anyways, but it spreads, it spreads the load. And one of the greatest sort of um, breakthrough moments, uh, especially for people that are generating ideas that will involve other people, is realising that you don't need to know everything. I was watching a, a roundtable conversation um, that uh, of directors um, for this year's kind of awards type films. And Kenneth Branagh was at that table and he was saying um, that one of the best things that he's learned to say as a director is, I don't know. Boom. That's powerful. I don't know. Because so often, especially in, in the arts where, you know, you're not always necessarily going through the process of getting officially qualified. You, you can have that imposter syndrome and pre- trying to pretend that you do know. So the power of being able to say, I don't know, I'm going to consult with my costume designer. I'm going to speak to the DP about that. Or I'm going to, you know, there's real power in being able to do that and not feel away about yourself. So you're free to say, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to um, share a listener's comment at this point, because I think it speaks to um, what I'm talking about here. This is um, Paul Leonidu, who has been a very generous contributor and supporter, and he's a dear friend as well. So this is what he had to say about teams. And actually, he... um, he makes a few really great points. I'm sort of using them across these, um, these episodes. So here's the first thing I want to share about what Paul says on Teams. Finding a supportive community of peers who do what you do, I think that's quite difficult to find. But recently I found that little family with a writing community online, a poetry writing community. And what's great about that is that there are some really, really talented people who, number one, their work inspires you. And number two, they're encouraging you as well. And it really feels like a safe space to share your work. So again, this kind of team, I would call a supportive community of peers. And I never had that before. And I never thought that I needed it until I recently discovered it. And now I think it's one of the most wonderful things. The other aspect of teamwork for me I'm coming at it from a musician, composer, producer kind of perspective, is that although I can lay down in a track, let's say I can play piano, record vocals, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not a bass player, but I can whack out a bass line that will suit a track. But then recently I met a bass player from New York who's fantastic, and he brought things to the table that I would never have dreamed of. And it enhanced the work so much that I thought, why would you not let someone who's amazing at what they do bring what they do to the project, to the to the creation? And I think that that's the that's the other facet of teamwork is that play to your strengths, do what you do well, and allow other people to do what they do well. And hopefully the culmination of all those factors of all those components come together and create a really solid piece of work. 
So that was Paul Leonidu, who's a musician and a poet and writer. And, it, you know, I, I really love what Paul was saying about, you know, just finding your family, finding your creative community. That's, that can be your team. Like I say, we can be we can be a bit flexible with the definition of, of team and where your work can be quite solitary. Finding that um, support network can really take uh, away some of the anxiety, some of the loneliness, solitary experience of of working on your craft, working on your art. Gets rid of that feeling of being alone in all of this. Um, I was talking to a filmmaker friend recently who, um, he's an actor, but he decided instead of going down the auditioning route, he would create his own content. And he he's done that br- brilliantly. He made a, a film that um, ended up on Amazon Prime and he's been working on other projects. But he said, because he's taken that route, it can be very lonely. And I said to him, you got to get yourself um, a, a community you got to build that community because because where if he was auditioning, he'd be meeting other actors, you know, and, and hanging out and getting to the casting directors and stuff like that. He's chosen a more solitary path, which means that you have to sort of more actively create your team, your community so that you don't have that solitary experience because that, you know, that feeds itself in a way, doesn't it? It's like when you get into it in your head about these things, you can just end up um, just feeding the the negative experience, I guess, of, of like feeling alone. So a community can help you overcome that. And so, yeah, Paul's demonstrating perfectly there how working, bringing in other people can, can um, really uh, add and enhance what you are producing alone. How, as I say, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Just working with that uh, basis there has just opened up a world of creativity because he's accessing a whole other person's world of creativity. All right, guys, if you would like to make a financial contribution to support this podcast and keep it on the air, is it on the air? I guess it is on the air. Well, on the internet, (laughs) then um, head over to ACAST. There's a link in the show notes and you can make a one-off contribution that will help to support the podcast in terms of post-production, marketing, and just making sure that as many people who want access to this podcast can have it. So there's actually a lot of different types of team members that you can have in your team. And there's there's probably as many as there are different creative industries. And obviously I can't cover all of them because I can't cover every creative industry. This would, that would be a whole series in itself. So I just um, broke it down very loosely into two groups. Um, So business support and um, creative support. And I just picked a couple of the main ones because I think it will just give you an idea of, of, of what I'm getting at in terms of how you can generate a team when you thought maybe it wasn't possible. And um, maybe I'll go into more detail about this in in a future episode, but let's see, let's see where, where we get to. So the first place I wanted to start, I think it's an obvious one is representation. Now in so many industries, having representation in the industry is the standard way of accessing work. It's not the only way as we've talked about in previous episodes, but it is usually the way that most people access work. So what am I talking about? I was talking about agents, managers, bookers, that type of thing, your ambassadors into the industry, your professional face, outward facing ambassadors. They're the ones that tell the industry how great you are, but they also keep you honing your craft, hopefully, and providing materials that they can use to tell the industry how great you are. You know, so um, agents 
if you're an actor, for example, an agent might say, okay, you need new headshots. You kind of look a little bit different from your headshots now. Or if you're a dancer, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how it works in dance, but maybe they'll say, oh, let's get a showreel together, some great clips of you performing. Whatever industry you're working in, they'll need materials to sell, to to sell, to have the industry appreciate who and what you are. And that's that's their job, really, is to generate work. That's the agreement. There should be a contract in place, even if it's open ended, just so that you both know where you stand, what the commitment is, what the agent expects from you and what you can expect from the agent or manager. And that's that's essentially the the uh, agreement, isn't it? Um, why do we need them? Well, um, the, uh, aside from the fact that they have contacts that you don't, again, it's what I was saying before, having people in your team doing stuff on your behalf frees you to focus. So where somebody without an agent is having to submit themselves for work, you know, if you're an actor, you'd have to be sending out your resume, your showreel, constantly like searching all the websites where where um, acting work might be listed. Actors who have agents don't need to think about that. They can focus on their craft, on just doing their auditions, on doing their work if they've been booked. So the necessity of an, uh, an agent is is obvious. Can you go it alone? Yes, of course you can. It means more effort and energy. That's all. And, for, you know, for the amount of money that you have to hand over somewhere between 10 and 20 percent, depending on, you know, who the agent is, what you've negotiated up front. You know, I would say it definitely is worth it because I wouldn't want to have to worry about trying to get auditions. I just want to do them. Um, so I really appreciate the heavy lifting that my agent is doing. And, and and bear in mind also that that the agent wants to be doing that. Do do we as creatives want to be doing that? No, we want to create. So why not have empower somebody and it'll cost you 15% or whatever it is to let them do that. Um, uh, you know, a lot of agents are, are have worked in the arts or they have been actors and they've realized mm, this isn't for me, but I do want to be associated with the industry. Um, or they've been art, you know, I'm, I'm talking about actors, I'm using that specifically, but I know many of you work in different fields. So they may have been writers, but they're just like, you know what, I don't want to be a writer, but I realise I really love um, honing someone's work, giving them notes, get, creating opportunities for them. That's where I want to contribute in this industry. So that's the benefit of having an agent. And then obviously the perennial question everybody always asks is, well, then how do you get one? Everyone gets an agent in a different way. Some agents scout, they find the talent that they're looking for. They say, oh, I need this in my roster and I don't have it. And so they go and look for it. Sometimes you have to submit to an agent and send their, your details to them and then, they, and then they'll bring you in for a meeting. And then from there, you'll just see if you can create a relationship and if they want to work with you. A lot of times you're going to get rejected. Sometimes they're not even going to reply. <laughs> that happens a lot, unfortunately. Um, happens across the whole industry, all industries. But the most important thing to remember is that doing good work is the surefire way of getting noticed. 
if you're able to do good work and you know what, well, what how do I get work if I haven't got an agent well yes you can there are still access points to the industry that don't involve having reps it's harder yes but you can still get into your industry without representation. Some people prefer not to work with an agent. Some people are, they just want an alternative route. They don't want to go that standard standard route. Some people are so big, they don't need an agent. <laughs> like people just know who they are. Um, I'm guessing they're not necessarily listening to this podcast, but you can go it alone. You can work and build a resume that will make you appealing to representation And then that can be your calling card that will get you noticed by them. And the only other couple of things that I wanted to say, they're kind of little, not bugbears as such, but just things that that always occur to me and and sort of jar sometimes when I hear um, about this. So so one thing I wanted to say is like sometimes um, if you, some people generate, especially when they're first building a relationship with their agent, they gener- they're still generating their own work and they say they don't want to give the, the commission on that to their agent. They're like, I, I, I got this work. I'm not giving it to them. Um, I'm not giving them the commission. And I feel like, look, do you, but remember there was a period or there is still a period maybe depending on where you are in terms of your career trajectory, where your agent is basically working for free. So even though you did get that work, contributing by giving them a commission, their commission on it will sort of subsidize the free work that they're doing for you. And also if you get offered a job and you don't tell your agent about it because you want to keep all the money, then they, they're not, you know, they're better at negotiating because they're not worried about being liked or not. In fact, that you know, some agents have terrible reputations for being difficult, but that's because they work so hard for their, for their client in terms of getting the best deal. So you may miss out on a huge payday because you haven't told your agent about it because you want to, you don't want to give them their 10% or however, what percentage it is. So I would just say, don't be tight when it comes to that part of the relationship. And, and the other thing I was going to say was that the relationship with your agent should be a collaboration as well. You know, some people relate to their representation as though the representation is their boss and they're working for them. And so they want to please them. Some go the other way. And I probably did at one point as well, thinking ah, they work for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, thinking like that. It's like, oh, dude, it's not that either. It's a collaboration. You're both working towards a common goal. So you've got to support each other in, in whatever professional way that works. I would also say just be really mindful um, of having a friendship with your agent. I'm not saying don't be friendly, but just be really conscious of delineating because There may come a time where you have to make a professional call that I don't want to work with this person anymore, or I want to work with somebody else, or I want different representation, or I'm moving into a different field, which means I have to change my team. And if you're in a friendship, that could prove to be challenging. So I would just say, be really mindful of how you relate to them on a personal level to keep it professional. And, and if you are sort of veering towards a friendship, then delineate, you know what I mean? Have professional conversations and then friendship conversations. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about reps. (laughs) 
All right. If you would like to support this podcast, go to the show notes and click on the ACAST support link. This will take you to the ACAST website where you can make a one-off contribution to support the show. It all goes towards keeping it on the air, keeping it on whatever podcast platform you enjoy so that as many people can enjoy it as possible. All right, champs, as always, I've realised I've got so much more I want to say and it will make a super long episode if I go into it now. So I'm going to stop here and we'll pick it up in the next episode. And in that one, um, I'm going to talk about publicists. I'm going to talk about other team members who offer sort of more operational financial legal support to help you in your career. Until then, I just want to say a massive thank you to Kylie Dunbar for the bite-sized advice, to Paul Leonidu for the listener's comment and for being a fantastic supporter on Patreon, to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, to Annie Stubart for the marketing and to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune. And a huge thank you to you guys for listening. Until next time, keep creating and living in gratitude. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.